Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I'm so glad to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more, spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. Clarkdeals.com is where you go for bargains. And speaking of which, when is a sale not a sale? Well, you know, it's pretty much the era of the perpetual sale There are some things you need to know I'm going to let you know in 20 minutes in today's Clark Rageous moment. And later this hour, something you need to know about a gotcha from the life insurance industry that is beyond despicable. I'm going to fill you in on how the industry smiles to your face and stabs your survivors in the back. I want to talk right now about a couple of very innovative companies that have come into the marketplace. One is called Debitize. And Debitize allows you to solve a problem of spending money that you don't have. If you think about why people start using a piece of trash, fake Visa or fake MasterCard, a debit card, and they are garbage. Often people will use one because they've had trouble handling the freedom of having credit in the past. But as you may have heard from me, if you've heard me speak about this, debit cards, because of the filthy power of the banks in Washington to get their way, Debit cards don't have the protections under the law that you have with a credit card. Credit cards came of age in a different era when Washington was not so dirty and politicians could not be so easily bought off by the dirty money crowd. Debit cards, though, came to life when the banks were all powerful, as they continue to be. And so your congressman, your two senators sold you down the river, and left you without adequate legal protection if you use a debit card. So credit cards have a lot of protection. Debit cards leave you hanging. But the problem is, for many people, if you use a credit card, it gives you permission to spend money that you can't afford to spend. So that has led to two startups, one called Debix and the other called Debitize, that what they do is they essentially treat every charge you do on a credit card as if it was done as a debit card transaction. Now hang with me for a minute. Let me tell you how they do that. So if you use a piece of trash fake Visa or fake MasterCard, right after you use it, the money vanishes from your checking account. And then you see your balance go down, and it provides a discipline to you with what happens with your spending. At least that's the theory. With debitize and debits, what happens 
is that when you make a charge, they then take that amount of money and put it in an FDIC-insured account that is then used to pay your balance in full when the bill cycle comes. So as far as you're concerned, the money instantly disappears from your checking account, giving you the same kind of discipline you have with the debit card, but gives you all the protections you'd have with a credit card, chargeback rights and not having to worry about if somebody compromises your number, that money is left your hands. Because remember, the money is in the segregated FDIC-insured account that these two services have set up. And then once a month, pay your balance in full, meaning that you have the same discipline at work but with the protections that come with a credit card. I want you to think about this. When you use a piece of trash, fake Visa or fake MasterCard to buy something online and that merchandise doesn't come or doesn't come as represented, you have zero, zero, zero rights under the law to reclaim your money. On the other hand, if you use a credit card to buy something online and it doesn't show up, Well, you have protection. Now, this just happened. You may have heard about the problem with the resort in the Caribbean that just closed. And the people who paid by debit card who lost all their money and the people who paid by credit card are getting their money back from their credit card company. Another example that when you're paying for anything in advance, you want to pay by credit card because under many circumstances you have the right to dispute and get your money back with the debit card no such thing exists under the law so again if it's all about disciplining yourself this gives you the opportunity to have that discipline and have the protections and rights that come with a credit card as well And if you're riding around, you can't remember the name of these two companies, we'll have them in our show notes at Clark.com. Jim joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jim. Hi, Clark. Jim, somebody decided to pretend to be Jim, and that's not a flattering situation, is it? No, and it's happened a couple of times. What's going on? What has happened to you exactly? Um, I've had two incidents. The first one was um, I tried to file my tax returns, I think, two or three years ago, and somebody had um, already filed and got a refund under my name with my Social Security number. I am so sorry. And by the way, on that front, I can just say, and I'm going to talk about this more another time, is that the fraud involving individual tax returns is in steep decline now. You happened, you said, three years ago. Is that when it happened to you? I believe that's correct. Yeah, yeah, that was when it was really a booming activity and criminals impersonating you for filing of tax returns. And so that, fortunately, even though it was terrible for you, is not as likely to happen to other people moving forward. So sure. that's the first time. What's the second time that you ended up being an ID theft victim? Well, um, it was approximately a year and a half ago I got a um, notification from Credit Karma that a 
online bank had made a hard inquiry in on my account or at, at the uh, credit bureau. So somebody was attempting to obtain credit pretending to be you. Exactly. Okay. Have you exactly. since frozen your credit? I did. After that second event, I froze my credit. Okay, good now, job. Yeah, and, and now my question is I'd like to take security a step further, and I've heard you talk about, um, what are they, Chromebooks? Yeah, Chromebooks that start at like 100 bucks, and yep. you get a Chromebook, and it's um, it's a computer that is almost impenetrable by virus. I don't want to say completely impenetrable because I'm not a techie and I don't want to say with absolute, but they are far safer to use for financial transactions than using a Windows computer or a MacBook because of the okay. architecture of how a Chromebook works. I gotcha, but I heard you talk about basically dedicating that Chromebook to financial transactions? Yes, exactly. And and therein lies my question. What, what do you mean by financial transactions? In other words, can I use that for email? Can I use that for buying on Amazon? Or no, I no, no nothing, nothing that's, tra- that's uh, transactional, like buying something online, nothing like communicating with people like email, you would only use the Chromebook for if you use electronic bill pay, if you want to access your bank account, brokerage account, credit union account, mutual fund account. So you never do email on it, never do web surfing, never do social media. The only things you ever do on a Chromebook that's dedicated to finance are th- that those very narrow number of things. Excellent. That's that's the information I was looking for. I, I got one on Prime Day for 129 bucks, and then the only thing I've done with it is looked at my bank accounts and done some transactions. But I was wondering, can I? Should I use it for email or never, it- never, never anything like that. Keep it completely to its se- segregated, dedicated purpose. And English teachers, I know I messed up is and are a minute ago. You don't need to file a Clark stinks on that this time. Eileen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you? Is it Eileen or Aileen? Eileen. Eileen. Hi, welcome. Hello, how are you? Great, thank you. You are trying to help your son who's moving to Colorado and you smell a rat. What's going on? Well, I don't know if I do or not. What's happening? Well, there's nowhere to live out there. It's gotten so crowded. Out in the uh, because of the job situation, and he's found a everything is like fifteen hundred a month for apartment um, plus a deposit, and he's found a place that's like five fifty a month, which is unbelievable plus a deposit. Is this in Denver? Um, Greeley. Greeley. Okay, so uh, if uh, for people who aren't aware, the Colorado housing market is the tightest housing market in the United States. Yes. The job growth in Colorado, <laughs> I would guess, is the strongest in the country. It's massive job growth. Uh-huh. And so the housing shortage is severe. And anytime there's somebody offering what appears to be below market rent, mm-hmm. and in the Colorado market, finding 
housing at $500 a month would yes. likely not be true. It's, well, the thing of it is he has one, he's supposed to have uh, like a two-bedroom, two or three-bedroom room. There's roommates that he doesn't even know, and they all sign a lease. They all sign a separate lease. That sounds like a very uh, scary prospect to me. I know. All right, can I make an alternative suggestion? for How old is your son? Oh, he's 32. Oh, oh, okay. So well, yes. What I would recommend is that he should go out to you said Greeley's where he's going to be? Yes. He should go out there renting a place for a couple of nights on Airbnb. Airbnb? airbnb.com. Okay. And then when he's on the ground, start going around and looking at places and seeing what's available. But it would be a terrible idea for him to be obligated on a multi-tenant lease. Yeah. He's signing sight unseen. I don't recommend that at all. And what I what I think always works best is to go out there, have a place he can stay, let's say, for the first week, as an example. Yeah. Just rent a place on Airbnb for a week. That's where okay, somebody rents a room in their home or mm-hmm. you rent an apartment or whatever for a sh- short-term stay, usually looked at most typical Airbnb rentals are three to seven nights. Rent a place for three nights, five nights, seven nights, whatever, but it'll be cheaper if he rents it for a week. And use that time to figure out where he really wants to live, look at places, and find the best housing situation for him because Colorado is NNN, which makes it tough on the wallet finding a place to sleep. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It's time for today's Clark Rageous Moment, which concerns something where people take advantage of our endless desire for a deal. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. So, yet again, yet another retailer is in the sights of legal eagles for pretending that something's on sale when it's not. This time it's Lens Crafters, which is facing a lawsuit about continually having a sale that is an endless sale, and it is something that has happened to Amazon, where Amazon has gotten in trouble for that, Macy's, Penny's, Kohl's, Sears, I mean, one retailer after another has gotten in trouble for pretending that the sale you see will never happen again or never has happened before and is such a great opportunity. You have to dash over there to buy that item right this second. And see, we're part of the problem, like the Amazon thing with Amazon listing fake retail prices and then telling you you're saving 70, 80, even 90% on this item. Well, 
just know that they're selling into our mentality that we want to feel we're grabbing a deal. And the key, as always, is for you to see what prices really are out there on an item that you're getting all excited about that's on sale because way too often it's what I call a non-sale sale. So our producer Deb has put together a little sound thing for you. I'm going to play right now. Announcing a limited time only sale. When you buy one, get the second one at 40% off the regular price. But hurry, you can only get this deal every day only. What's the regular price? It is what it is. It was what it is. And it is what it was. So don't wait, because time waits for no one. And these prices go way back to 40% ago, every day only. Time spelled backward is emit. And we're not afraid to emit. You'll love this discount. More today than yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow, because this limited time offer is only good every day only. Act now. Original price disclosures not included. Thank you, Deb. And so I want you to think of that. I want you to think about that every time you see sale coming at you. Is it really a sale? Or is it somebody trying to manipulate you and your wallet? Be careful out there, because remember, it's your money. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Thanks for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our website. Clark.com slash ask is where you post a question for me. And maybe I need to remind you, you know, we also offer off-air advice 45 hours a week, nine hours each weekday. You can get your questions answered for free off the air by a member of Team Clark. If you go on uh, your mobile phone and you go to Clark.com, you'll see how easy it is to call in for free off-the-air advice and what hours you can, or at a laptop or desktop, scroll down the main screen. You'll see how to ask your question off the air, again, for free from a member of Team Clark, something we've been doing for just under 25 years. Years matter a lot with what I'm about to tell you. I have been so disappointed, that's a mild way of saying it, in wholesale cheating that's been going on of people who bought whole life insurance policies or any form of what's known as permanent life insurance many years ago and now are being told by their insurance company that they've got nothing to leave their beneficiaries, that their policies are going to die. And the reason they're going to die 
is because, listen to this, I want you to think about those terms. Permanent life insurance, that's the way it's sold, permanent life insurance that comes in different flavors and often the kind that people may have had for decades, whole life, does not mean for your whole life from a number of unsavory, unethical, mainstream, large insurance companies that have buried in the policies that if you live to your 100th birthday, your policy is then invalidated and your family does not get the death benefit when you die. I've been reading a number of reports because the number of Americans living past age 100 is actually skyrocketing. And the idea of living to 100 may not be something that ever would occur to you that you would do so. But now because of continuing advances in medicine and most important in how so many of us are taking care of ourselves, that we are outrunning maybe even our own family history of how long people tended to live. And so the number of people living to 100 is zooming. But a number of unethical insurers have these policies tucked with the language buried on who knows what page and who knows what mice type that that benefit you were trying to leave to your survivors just vanishes into the night of a day that should be an incredible celebration for you and your family, age 100. Now, this is scandalous. A number of insurers have now issued policies that go to age 135 because of the fact that so many people are living to 100, but a number of insurers are like, ha, joke's on you. We took that money from you all through your life, and now we're going to run off with it and rip off you and your family. Shame, shame, shame. But it goes to the heart of something, which is insurance is typically sold not bought. Do you know what that means? That insurance, life insurance, tends to be something that we don't want to think about our mortality. And so people tend not to buy life insurance even when they need it. And so a salesperson who is able to ingratiate himself or herself to us or is able to be aggressive enough to get us to say yes is how most people end up buying life insurance. And what they sell you is stuff that is not appropriate for like 99% of people. And that is any form of permanent life insurance. 0% of people, 0% will benefit from any form of universal life insurance because the stuff has been a disaster for people. But for most everyone except for ultra, ultra, ultra high income earners, which is the people in the top 1% of income earners in the country, generally people that are in the rarefied air of earning more than $400,000 a year, they will potentially benefit from buying a whole life policy. 
for everyone else, the benefit that you get is best served by buying simple death insurance. And I talked about this recently on the show. You can read my briefing at Clark.com about the right kind of insurance to buy, which is known as level term insurance. You buy it for a set number of years, typically 10 to 30 years, and it provides money for your survivors, which should be the purpose of what life insurance is about anyway. But the most important part about it is that the cost of a level term insurance policy is teensy, teensy, tiny. Typically 5 to $15 a month for a typical policy. Where the kind of stuff that the salesperson's going to try to sell you is going to be a fortune. Again, at Clark.com, I walk you through how to buy level term insurance and how to determine how much you should have to protect your loved ones. And again, to the insurance companies that are showing such dishonesty, being so crooked and ripping people off with buried clauses in life insurance contracts, shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. Kevin's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Kevin, you want to talk about your home and money from it? Yes. What's the scoop? Um, what this more of a what would you do? We're going to sell our house within the next two to three years. We should get somewhere in the range of probably ninety to a hundred thousand, closer to the hundred thousand in equity out of it. My well, wife, congratulations my wife, to you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my wife's student loans are about one hundred twenty-five thousand or so. I would like to know if you would apply that money straight to her loans and come out from under that $1,100 a month payment that we're making every month for her student loans. All right, so that's a great question, and it's going to depend on some other things. Okay. So where are you going to live after you sell this home? Uh, We're probably going to buy some land to build a home. And what money will you use to buy that land? Uh, We have some savings built up. So you'll be able to still net out ninety to a hundred thousand dollars and already have what you're going to need to do the land purchase because financing land is tough. Yes, yes. So you'll be able to do that. So this is money that will be available to you. So then let's move to something else. You buy the land. What money are you going to use to build the house that you're going to build on the land? Uh, hopefully, with that, we'll just take a loan straight from the bank. All right, so what I would like you... a little bit of money down. Yeah, I want you to try to have uh, 20% down for the loan you're going to ultimately need. So just using round numbers here, what would you guess is going to be the cost of the home that you're going to construct on the land you're going to buy? We'll probably keep it in the neighborhood of 300000 so in that case, that would mean you would need to hold back sixty of the ninety to a hundred thousand, so that when you go to the bank to borrow money for that home, you're in a position where you paid a, a meaningful amount of what that's going to be to build that. 
Now, the land will have some value to the bank that you would go to. Yes. But not enough for you to avoid having some instant equity through the process of a construction loan, and then when you convert to permanent, you're going to need to be able to establish that you have meaningful equity. Do you think paying off those student loans would mean a lot to the bank as well? That's a good question. If you, let's say, let's just say, still dealing with round numbers, you clear 100000 from the sale of the home. If you were to take fifty, let's just use fifty as a number, and you put it towards the one twenty in student loan debt, you will have made an enormous difference in the balance on those loans and the interest that you would have. You'd have that balance down from one twenty to seventy thousand dollars. Every dollar you pay towards the loan, so much more of it would go to interest and principal instead of interest. I mean, I don't think you should look at this as the stark thing of let's get rid of the student loans completely and then figure out how we're going to qualify for a construction loan and permanent financing on a new home. I think you need to look at both of those things as a package. Okay. So I think you could do not quite half a loaf and be in good shape. Okay. Because, again, if you take the 120 down to 70 what that monthly payment's going to be on the student loans will be greatly reduced, right? It should be. I'm sure we could refinance somehow, maybe get a better interest rate and drop the years that she owes left on it. <sighs> okay, so with student loans, they give you a payment schedule, but you can always, on your own, pay more on that. But if she, you, you wipe out a big balance of student loans, they will probably, with a typical student loan, there will be a different expected payment each month anyway okay all right and again congratulations to you for being in a position where you're going to clear so much equity on the sale of your existing home look at the options it's opening up for you chris is with us on the clark howard show hello chris hi clark how are you great thank you chris congratulations on your upcoming retirement Thank you. It's a little scary, but I'm ready. All right. Well, tell me what issues you face and how I might be able to be of service to you. Well, my company tells me that they don't have an annuity program with our 401k and that when I retire, they're going to send me a check, um, a lump sum check. and Or they said I could possibly go to the carrier's individual account um, but I'm just not sure what's best. Um, I know I don't want to cash it out, but if I roll it over, what's the best way to do that? So okay, that I, I am very confused. I, I'm very okay. confused here, Chris, so let me ask you some questions. Okay. So is this a traditional 401k that you have with your employer? I believe it is. It's, you know, we pay so much in and they pay a percentage of it into it. All right, because with a traditional 401k, you put money in, it goes typically into a variety of mutual fund-like investments, Right. and the employer can choose to match a certain percent of what you put in if they choose, and it's their option what they would match, and then you have an account that grows through the years, and then when you choose to retire with a 401k, they cannot tell you you have to take your money. It can continue uh, to be in the 401k. 
okay. Well, he they said that that I could leave it with with the company that it's with on an ind, under an individual account. All right. Um, so this is this does not sound like a four hundred one k. Okay. Are you with a nonprofit organization, something like that? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Is the account no, with an insurance company by any chance? I don't believe it is. Um, no, it's not an insurance company. Okay, so I've got some homework that I need you to do before we can start to figure out how to advise you. Okay. I need for you to go back and look at your statements and figure out what you actually have. And then I'd like to have you on again. And once you know what it is you're you're invested in, then I'll be able to better give you advice on it. Okay. Because right now I don't have enough really to go on to know what to say to you with it. Because okay. Yeah, I, I know that my money is, is in different accounts, like long-term. They've got, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but um, I gave your, your gal the name of the company that it's with. I don't know if that helps at all. Uh, not necessarily, because what I do okay. need to know from you is I need for you to go back and figure out what it is that that it is, if it's a 403B, if it's a 401K, whatever kind of retirement plan it is. I see, okay. Because I don't want to give you just off-the-cuff advice when it's not going to be in the right ballpark. So I hang on, hang okay. on just a second. And Kim will talk to you. We'll figure out how to get back together on this so that I can properly advise you what you should do when you do retire. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel asks it for you. And Joel, who do you got here? Clark, we got a question from Jeff. He says, we're planning a family vacation to Hawaii in early January of next year. When is the best time to go about purchasing airfare? Okay, any more information from Jeff? Like, particularly, where is he, does it say where he lives yep, in the United he's, States? he's uh, from Wisconsin. Okay, so there's a special thing that you got to know about Hawaii. Hawaii has become a world of two airfares. There are very inexpensive, relatively speaking, airfares from the west coast of the United States to the Hawaiian Islands. And the most expensive airfares I can ever recall from the middle of the country all the way to back east, that the fare difference is so intensely large that what I'm recommending is that for you from, let's say, um, Milwaukee, that you buy a ticket from Milwaukee to the West Coast, a separate ticket from the West Coast to Hawaii, and it may cut your airfare costs in total by more than half the reason is is that there's a lot of new service introductions all up and down the i-5 corridor from seattle all the way down to san diego and the airfares are in the range uh, generally as low as about 349 round trip from the west coast to hawaii with all the cheap domestic fares we have with that travel around the United States, particularly the West Coast, you buy one ticket out west, the second one over the water. The cheapest days to go to and from Hawaii are Tuesday, Wednesday, both directions. As to when to buy it, 
when there's a deal. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, well, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet, and they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.